Welcome to the Time In Podcast. Welcome to the Time In Podcast, we were lucky enough to be joined not only by myself and Bundy this week, but also by two very special guests, recurring guests as well, Gary and Justice. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing great. I, uh, You know, it's really cold where we're at and it's snowing, but uh, hopefully it ends soon. Oh, nice. I have to say, I'm very impressed by your t-shirt for this podcast. <laughs> yes, I purposely wore my Baby Yoda shirt. Nice, nice. Keeping it themed. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing good. Um, I'm also not drinking alcohol for this podcast because last time we did with you guys, we ended up making a Tinder for Anakin Skywalker because we were that <laughs> inebriated at the time. And I figured better choices should be made today. That's fair. Doesn't like that sand. <laughs> that that leaves two questions. One, how many matches did you get? And two, how many <laughs> matches did you get? <laughs> We both realized we met our wives before Tinder was a thing, and we were just really damn confused. <laughs> so, for all I know, Anakin Skywalker is out there getting constant matches and just blowing off these poor girls. I like him. He's, he's, he's like, he's like, it just set, out, set an automatic response. It's like, it's just someone that messages and it's like, oh, he goes, now this is pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the plan this week is to talk about The Mandalorian. Um, I've, got, I've got a few sections of the show. Firstly, I thought we'd talk through the eight episodes of The Mandalorian, just quickly talk about the highlights, what we thought of the series, compare it to the first season. Um, I'd quite like to speak about the announcements, the multitude of announcements that were made about the... Uh, the Star Wars universe, and then finish with a quick quiz because last time I believe you guys beat no. Bundy in a knowledge quiz. It's very simple, so we, we might have a chance to redeem ourselves here. So Every time I do a knowledge quiz, it does not go well. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I'm banking on, Justice. So firstly, let's talk about the episodes. I've got one line that describes the episode poorly that I've got to use for everyone. So episode one, Dragon. In fact, before we get to this, I should probably ask, what did you think of the first series of The Mandalorian? I mean, we we were gushing over The Mandalorian. It's it's so well done. I feel like it's hard to say anything new that's complimenting the series because everyone just seems to universally love it unless you're Baby Yoda eating an egg. But other than that, everyone is all on board with The Mandalorian. I loved season one. I just felt like it left a lot of potential there. Yeah. And season two kind of capitalized on a lot of it. Agreed. Agreed. But also, not only did it capitalize, but it also opened up so many other doors for other possibilities, and that's what made the season two, I think, you know, even better in some cases than season one. Yeah, I would argue season one could have progressed quicker and spanned out quicker, but they've done it at a comfortable pace, which is that's fair. And it came out around the same time as the Witcher series, and a lot of the good things people were saying about one, they were also saying about the other, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, Bundy, how Plus, did you feel when, about season one? Well, I, the, the thing about season one, right, is that season one was great, but then, like, it was just, I think that if you combine Star Wars alongside Dave Filoni and John Favreau, it's just, like, that's like a combination made in heaven, right? And then season one was, like, I feel like 
even though he was going through like the finding of himself almost, it was almost, pardon the analogy, but like chipping away the armour of who is the Mandalorian kind of thing. Yeah. Just kind of like getting to know him, building his character. Um, obviously, like who is Jindarin and all that kind of stuff. And then season two expanded on like what kind of person is he and what, like, what does he like what motivates and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so agreed that we're all big fans of the, the first series. Let's talk about the second series, starting with episode one, and the note I have for that is Dragon. <laughs> uh, I mean, just like right off the bat, this episode, um, so I had like, okay, so I had a routine watching um, Mandalorian. I would get up really early at five in the morning and watch it, then work out, and then go to work. And uh, when this first episode came on, it blew like it blew my mind. Just one because you know in episode four we always see that you know C three PO walking by and there's the dragon. But then, if you've grown up like I have playing Star Wars video games, and there's a level in Knights of the Old Republic where you have to kill the crate dragon, like it, what they did is they they brought it, you know, everything kind of full circle, and you got to see in live action what it would take to kill this kind of dragon. And I I just was absolutely in love with it. Yeah. I thought well, also at the nice. same time, teasing all the Boba Fett fans with that, um, with, I'm blanking on the character's name, but seeing somebody else wearing the Cal armor. Dan. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. That was a nice touch to be fair. That was a very nice touch. Um, Crate Dragon, not something I've actually, I can remember coming across in any game or movie so far. So I actually found that quite mind-blowing when it came about. And then I'd done a bit of reading about it. I think it's just, it's interesting because, like, there's so many, I'll call them creatures, that are, like, they have a lot of, like, extended lore, I'll say, about them. Like, the Sarlacc or the Crate Dragon or whatever else. And it's just nice to actually have, like, one of these creatures put in to, like, something that is... Like, I, like not just because an animated series is cool, but to see it like full on like CGI and like be like, oh my god, this is sick, yeah. really, really cool. So, I I, I don't know about a uh, Gary's routine here. I'm going to ask about that in a sec. But uh, I was very late to the game. I was in the process of moving house when it came out, and Monday would phone me every week saying, "Have you what? Have you started yet?" I'm like, "No, not yet." He was like, "Right, you need to start this week," and I got to episode. Five, I believe before I started watching so then I had to oh. catch up and I caught up in time for episode 7 and 8 um, episode 8 we'll tell you a story about that when we get to um, Gary what was your uh, sort of routine like watching it I would basically avoid social media at all costs on <laughs> Friday um, which coming to the main event at the end of the season I had that spoiled by Mark Hamill which I'm still a little bit bitter <laughs> by um <laughs> So, but I, I aborted it, and then Saturday morning, it was one of those where, like, my wife and I would sit down, and any time, like, she'd talk for a fraction of the second, I'll just pause it, be like, we're watching Mandalorian, <laughs> and then go back to it. Um, long story short, I'm now divorced, um, but really enjoyed the season. <laughs> I can just imagine Gary's, Gary's way speaks, and this is what she's just, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> There, um, so episode two. The sentence I have is ice spiders. <laughs> oh. You want to go first on this one, Bundy? 
I feel like it was very. I know this is like a maybe a weird thing to to think of, but I I just felt very like Harry Potter vibes from it because oh, yeah. I don't know if you if you remember, but in the Harry Potter films, like obviously all the spiders and like run up to like the car and stuff, and it was very like that. But we're in Harry Potter, they're all like, "Oh, I'm a little bitch," and then runs away. <laughs> like man, like Mandalorian <laughs> was obviously like, "I'm a fucking alpha male," and was you know just being a big dog. And then for it to be like saved by, like, I don't know because obviously like, anyone who's going to be for, like a pilot for an X-wing is yeah. cool, right? They're just two normal guys, but these guys were like Paul Dameron levels of flying to get into that meteor and like blast those spiders. Like it was so, it was so cool. Mentioned the X wing, you know, when they pull up next to the the, the Razor Crest and when they when they can't hear them on the radio, but the wings open up. That's just, I, I love it, I absolutely <laughs> love it. That's what you know it's about to go down. What about you, Gary and Justice? What did you guys think of the second episode? This is one we kind of have mixed feelings on because, oh, really? like, so anybody who, who, like, goes on Twitter and looks at Star Wars fans, God bless you, it's awful. Um, <laughs> but everyone was kind of back and forth on Baby Yoda eating the eggs. And that led to a lot of political debate on pro-life versus pro-choice and all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm like, it's just a little green alien eating some eggs, guys. Um, I thought it was cute and kind of funny. At first, I'm like, it's a little weird, but it grew on me. Um, and there's kind of some fun uh, throwbacks in that episode. Like the spiders, I think, were from concept art from Empire. I have to think back to when we actually like really? knew yes. our stuff and studied for the episode. But there was like cool little nuggets in there, but it was definitely a filler kind of episode. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah this I is think... my least favorite Sorry, episode. Ahead, this is my least favorite episode of the season. Uh, I So... I'm glad that we're doing this podcast now because the weekend before my buddy and I binge watched the show from episode three to eight. Uh, so I'm like ready to go with all this knowledge, but uh, he, when he was talking to me, he's not a huge star Wars fan. And he was like, yeah, like after episodes two, I stopped watching because it like just didn't like, there was no point in watching that episode. It didn't add anything to the story. And I completely agree. The one I did like the spiders, and it reminded me of Harry Potter. It reminded me of Alien, actually, with them like coming out oh, and yeah. the, um, that's that was like the one thing that I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then Dave Filoni driving the X-wing. But other than that, it I you know I'd rather just watch episode one and then start at episode three and keep on yeah. going. Well, you know what you said, Gary, about Yoda eating or Baby Yoda eating the eggs. I actually thought, what's going to happen here is all the eggs are going to get destroyed. But then at some point. Maybe you're just gonna regurgitate the eggs and they're all gonna be good. And then when it turns out it just just ate them, I was like, oh well, okay then they've went a different way with that. But <laughs> it's cool, right? Because like 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 I can picture Mace Windu sitting down and eating a bowl of ramen or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like or like, like a nice steak. But then what does Yoda eat, right? Because like you see like you see plenty of like creatures getting eaten in Star Wars, but like what would Yoda eat? So it's funny just to think of him like eating like eggs. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just think that's like a funny thing. Like, I can just ima- now imagine Yoda being like in the Jedi Temple, being like, "Listen, where's these extinct species?" Eh? <laughs> <laughs> there's this, uh, there's this theory that 
Yoda is an invasive species, invasive species on Dagobah and has killed off all the frogs. Uh, and that's why like no species like interacts with him during that whole scene because he's just like ate them all. I mean that's balance, man. That's balance to the force. True. Yeah, this needs to get those midichlorians from somewhere. <laughs> Moving on to episode three, Bo-Katan is the note I've got for this episode. Okay, I'm wondering with you guys, did you have any familiarity with Bo-Katan or seeing Clone Wars at all before that episode? Oh, I was thinking it was Lieutenant Nahura, if I'm being honest. Mm. I have, uh, I have watched the um, animated series for Clone Wars, so I know, I know, I know, I know like Bo-Katan and like roughly about him and stuff like that. Not, not like extended, but I knew as much as I needed to know pretty much. Yeah, because I think that's one of the areas where it's kind of risky for them as a show because they could kind of alienate out some of the other fans, you know, just the people who are like, hey, Baby Yoda's cute, this is kind of a badass show by adding in these Clone Wars and extended kind of characters. But it's also dope fan service for people who know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the Clone Wars, I like that they brought in... I like that they brought in the voice actor, but then I also think it was smart that Disney on uh, on Disney Plus had it where there's like the 20 essential episodes that they could watch for you know to understand Ahsoka and and Bo-Katan, and so it made sense. So you know if you're especially during the pandemic when you're binging you know a lot of things, it, it was very smart of them to add that there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to skip on quite quickly through these because I'm, I'm I'm wary of the time. Episode four, I've got a note that says Grief Cargo. So let me get this right. Episode five, Ashoka Tano and Double Lightsabers. Uh-huh. So episode four. Yes. That's the one where they go and they find they go to the base. Uh-huh. And isn't it where isn't where he gets his ship, you know, rebuilt? And on um where he like recruits Cara Dune and Carl yeah. Weathers character. And that's when you find out that they're testing Baby Yoda's um, blood yeah. for potent- for Snoke or whatever. I, that's what I'm, I'm assuming. That was it. That was it. So, episode four, and it's not a filler episode, but by any means, but it was, I would say it was quite thin compared to some of the others. I mean, if you're comparing it from like episode three to episode four, yeah, like, because three has, it's such a banger and, you know, the, the Mandalorians are awesome. But four is still good. You get Carl Weathers directing it and, uh, there's a lot of action, and I also think that this is where you start to bridge the gap between this just being a show, and also, and but it's also part of like the larger story and bridging uh, into the sequel trilogy. Yeah, that's true, and I believe they have confirmed that the Mandalorian's got to go right up to the sequel trilogy now, isn't it? Yes, they're not rewriting the story like everyone thinks they are. <laughs> Bundy, Gary, you guys, any thoughts on episodes four or or five for that matter? I think four was. I think it was good because obviously, like we we kind of we knew that obviously, like like the Empire were searching for or hard and whatever else for like Grogu, Baby Yoda, whatever you want to call them. So it was kind of like, but why? Like what? Like why? Why do you want them? So then to find out that it was obviously like there was they were testing his blood and. Like it was so that they could do A, B, and C. That was quite cool, and it made it kind of like made a lot of sense in that regard. So then going forward, you were like, "Oh shit! Like I don't want this to happen again to him." 
So, and then that's also kind of how the same feelings as what Mando gets, and he's like, nah, this is too far. And then that I think that's probably the episode where he becomes like the the parent figure, if that makes sense. Aye. We were on we spoke about episodes one to four. If we talk about episode five with Shokitano and the double lightsabers, I did see a clip on Instagram the other day of the actress getting her makeup done for that. That seemed pretty extensive. <laughs> I can't imagine the amount of hours she had to take it put to put it on and then put it off. And the episode's really cool, especially if you when you like think about it because mando is all western and then uh when ahsoka is fighting i guess the the bad villain there it's very much like a kurosawa like um japanese you know uh sword fight um and it's really cool how they pair with each other and then i also just my last note on this i really like how in the beginning of the episode you could see her when the lightsabers are the pure white light is coming out but then when she like turns them off she's invisible or like uh, not no longer seen. I think that's so cool. That was awesome. That was uh, done really, really well for that, that scene. Definitely, Gary. What were your thoughts on episode five? I thought Ahsoka was brutal in it. I loved that. I loved how intense she was. I definitely agree with Justice. It had more of that Kurosawa vibe of the kind of samurai versus the Western, and it, it was just cool seeing her in live action as a fan of the Clone Wars series because I thought for sure that would never happen. And to see this actually come to fruition is just, it was just awesome. Yeah, agreed. Bundy? I think because, so I tried to go in blind. I tried to avoid any potential like cast spoilers because a lot of the time when I see like, it'll be this person as Darth Vader. And I'm like, oh my God, no. So I tried to avoid everything. So when I seen it, I was like, oh my God. It's clear. So for anyone who's watched like Iron Fist or Luke Cage or anything, she's like in that. She plays a, a girl called Claire, a woman called Claire. And I was like, oh my god. And then I was like, I wonder like how good of an Ahsoka Tano she'll she'll be. And now I watch Luke Cage or Iron Fist. And I'm like, oh look, it's Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was cool, like because t- typical fight scenes that we've had involving Jedis so far have been mainly like either against like like a, a bunch of troopers or they've been like kind of like and obviously Obi-Wan quite gone with like two on one but kind of like still like very small scale like low number battles so to see her like going in and out like the fog and just taking people out like being stealthy, I was like, this is like what you said, Gary, really cool and really nice because this is proper Clone Wars vibes and it's worth it a hundred percent. And it just looks cool, it's off the best scar. Like the the flickering of the, the lights flashing. I love that too. The, the the thing is, right, because the noises and the visuals from all the Star Wars films are, are amazing, but they just continue to make so, so, so like leaps and bounds really like when because i thought oh like what will happen when this hits like the best car yeah and i was like like a great noise, noise. noise like wild yeah i love that I really especially like that. when she just like even when she just like just taps it and it, it makes the like the ringing noise um yeah hell yeah <laughs> even and, and even when when she's when she's like fighting and like she's holding the lightsaber against the Beskar spear, and you see the Beskar like like glow hot. I was like, that's so cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just as if it's like not reacting to the fact there's a fucking lightsaber on it. 
it's glowing hot and then i actually watched to see if she would then touch that same bit and she never so i was happy that was awesome uh, yeah so gary what were your thoughts on episode five I mean, we, we have to talk about the big reveal at the end of her um, saying, like, looking for uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, too, because mm-hmm. that's another one that's going to be a big deal in the upcoming shows. Like, if you guys have no familiarity with the character, he's a, a really awesome kind of, like, Tarkin-esque, high Imperial type character, and... Like, it's going to lead to a huge storyline connecting with some of the other cartoon series with Rebels. So as a fan, I I heard her say that, and I just freaked out at that point. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Rebels, I would highly suggest you do that. Just because the uh, what they're doing in The Mandalorian, they're really going to intertwine at some point. And they brought a lot of characters like Bo-Katan and, you know, Ahsoka. And then, Gary said, with Thrawn, there's a, there's a lot that's going to be going on. So I would definitely, definitely watch that. Uh, and then you also have... Also, I think a really big moment with them re- revealing Baby Yoda's name with Grogu. Mm-hmm. When that when that happened, I I kind of paused it, rewound what was going on, and then put the subtitles on just to make sure that I was saying it correctly and, and knew how to spell it. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, episode six. Do you want to kick us off, Justice? I believe episode six is the one where they take. The, the, that's when the, that's when we meet uh Boba Fett. Am I not? Am I correct? I believe so. I believe so. That's yes. when the man returns. That that is uh that is yes. It's so cool when you know it's it, so the the episode starts with him or you know Din Djarin placing Baby Yoda on the rock and and then you know he he finally starts using the Force. But I I love how it turns into this massive scale battle and it keeps on getting like bigger and bigger. And yeah. first you have like, you have uh Farrick who isn't able to defeat them. Then it's Farrick and Din that are unable to defeat the stormtroopers. And then you have Boba Fett and then he just wrecks absolute shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool because like Boba Fett as well. And because like when you first see it, there's like, there's like, a patrol the stormtroopers and they're like and you're like oh like nice and they're just like beep 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 and it's like oh that's done and you're like cool and then next thing just incoming and i'm like oh my god no and then when boba comes in it's like he was brutal like it wasn't just a case of like beep it was, I was I'm talking like he wielded that staff and he was breaking faces like Shut he was that was awesome. uh, and and it was like, like you're just a beast. Like there was, because I think in a lot of Star Wars, not just like Mandalorian or the the films or stuff like that, there's very few people who are very like, I would say like physically powerful. Like even when you look at someone like Grand Admiral Thrawn that we're talking about, like he's very like evil. Like his character design's really like like blue with red eyes and like really evil. But I wouldn't say he's the kind of guy that would just go in and start punching someone. But when you see Boba Fett with like the scars and like the mean look, and then he's just like boom, like I'm like, wow. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, they described him as like a barbarian compared to the gunslinger of Dinjarin. Yeah. Which I think is like a perfect way to look at it, because he just wrecks them. And there's no like because like obviously like Django Fett was very like look at me, I'm the best bounty hunter, like, and it was, like, his fights were very, like, 
like quick draw, like Western style, like yeah. I like I drew first, you're dead, or like it would like go on, like even like I suppose it's more expanded than like some of like the novels and stuff. But even his like bigger fights, when he was like brawling and stuff, he be because he was almost on the back foot. So to see Boba take all the skill that his father's got, and then have like make it his own and just say nah fuck that I, like i'm like i'm like the dwayne the rock johnson in this universe <laughs> <laughs> when he's when he smashes when he smashes the faces and like the stormtrooper pieces go flying you knew mm-hmm. that this was going to be a great battle yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't believe they'd done that it was a great way to sort of show the the impact by shattering the, the stormtrooper armor uh, and I, and you get Hold on, really quick, and you get introduced to the dark troopers because they come and uh, snatch Baby Yoda, and all I could think about was Bionicles. Yeah, I, I, I heard you say that in your episode, and then I heard that I was, oh my god, that's exactly what they were, Bionicles. See, I, like, I think like it's cool though because obviously, like, I don't know if you, oh, I'm, I'm going to hope that you guys have played like the Star Wars games and stuff, so like like the death troopers and blah blah and like you've seen like the and they kind of like nod to it by being like the last floor was the person inside you know like <gasps> like oh man this is so cool and then the fact that like obviously he's got like gender right up against the wall it's just like it's like literal like it's not as if like it's a robot or machine trained to fit like a human like this thing was a machine yeah. with like pistons and just thudding and if he didn't have that best scar on he's dead long long dead uh, before we jump too far ahead episode seven do any of you guys know who the ga- the game of thrones character was who the actor was also in this episode for no i've got um valen hess apparently the night king i was gonna say peter dinklage you know um <laughs> i figured i'll just say that <laughs> It'll be apparently the Night King is in this episode. Because he he's the is he know the one that they're talking to, um, and he's the one that's saying like, oh, um, like, oh, what, what's his, what's the guy's what are they, when, what are they called? He's like the the guy who's like saying that like everything happened and like it was a shame that everyone in the Death Star died. Like fuck everyone else. Is that guy? I'm sure. I think so. I don't have a note of who it was. I've got Valen Hess, Night King, as the note. I don't know that's if that's right. so. You're talking about you're talking about the stormtroopers that are that have the Doctor, right? Not the, uh, not the character that's talking to Mayfeld before he shoots him when they're in the the compound. It is the guy who's talking to Mayfeld. Is it? Ah, okay. Confirmed. Okay. I've just put up now. So what did you he, guys? He's think a good actor. That episode, yeah, he, he is a good actor. As you say, Justice, do you want to kick us off? Oh uh, yeah, sure. A um, couple things when thinking about this episode. It's one. It's interesting that you get a better character development, a better character arc for Mayfeld in fifteen minutes than you do as Finn in uh, three movies for a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, um, you know that follows that. Hold Um. Also, like it. Okay, so again, I'm sorry for being a little bit long, but Ryan Johnson not trying to trash. Blast Jedi, but they they that he tried no, no, to fuck Ryan Johnson. No, 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 no. <laughs> he tried to deconstruct Star Wars, and that's the whole point of what the Last Jedi was. But in in this episode, I think they did it really well, where they 
deconstructed the idea of like what are you what is your purpose as a mandalorian yeah. and what links are you going to go to to break your code and you really get to start to see him break that code when he takes off his helmet which that really scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it's still cool seeing him take off the helmet Agreed. Agreed. yeah there is the plot hole there of oh you need the security access of just having a random face and that's what gets you open into the system, you know, versus him actually being somebody they know. It, it definitely is a plot hole, but I have to say I was still, like, moved emotionally by him taking the helmet off to save the kid. Yeah, and it's a yeah, so the plot hole compared to a lot of TV series these days. Hmm. And I think, like, it's the, it's more, like, it's cool because it's, like, the desperation. And I think that Pedro Pascal does a really good job in showing that, like, the whole time. It's not as if he, like, takes off and he's like, fuck it. It's like, he takes off and he's like, oh, no, like, oh, no. And he's like, even, like, he's really panicked. And that's not very, like, like, gendarin of him, if that makes sense. He's usually, like, really cool. Cam Clayton quite, like, witty and snappy and, like, never really fears much. So when he's, like, taking that helmet off, he's, like, exposed and he's really, really panicky and really anxious and it's cool to see that. I, I like that. Yeah. And, and that episode, the, how were you going to say? You can go. So I was just going to say, I don't think Pedro Pascal gets enough credit for what he does because it's it's hard being an actor, full stop, but without being able to use facial expressions for a whole series, <laughs> that's pretty tough going. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he does a great job just like with his like head tilts and you know, the his, you know, different voice acting that he has where he adds that emotion in there for everyone to, you know, well, really feel and i also for the i was just gonna say the fan service in the episode was them entering into slave one and seeing them like how how does the ship turn when you're sitting inside and then the the bomb that went off like in episode two and when when i saw that early in the morning i freaked out (laughs) no way like childhood memories just flushing through my head (laughs) that is cool because that's always been something that like because you've seen it like in multiple different ways so like how does it work and then to see it like working it's kind of like as if they were like do you know what's not been explained yet really how slave one works so let's explain it yeah yeah so that brings us on to the final episode now for full disclosure how we watched the final episode was um we ended up this was a uh, during a, a lull in the lockdowns over here so I, I spoke with Bundy and we agreed we were going to watch it together. He said he got up early, watched it in the morning. I hadn't watched it yet. So when I met him, he was like, it's so good, you won't believe it. It's a great ending, it's perfect. He was like, guess what happens? Now Bundy's got an excellent poker face. He, he didn't give it away at all. But he was telling me. He's like, I want you to guess what happens and then we'll see if you're right. Like, okay, fine. So I guessed that someone would get involved. I guessed a Jedi of some kind, but I, I didn't guess the Jedi, obviously. Um, and then when it, when it came to watching the episode, the TV that we were going to use stopped working. <laughs> so we ended up no. sitting on a table crowded around his phone and we watched it on his phone. <laughs> oh, but it's okay, we watched it later on the full screen, so it was all good. Uh, Bundy, I, th- I think you need to kick us off on episode 8 here. Just... Like, it's just, if, if there was ever a time to chef's kiss an episode, it would be episode eight, right? <laughs> like, there was just 
so many things done right. Like, I think it tied up the whole Moff Gideon thing really well. It, like, expanded on even, like, like even when you're going back to Moff Gideon, the fact that like, he'll do, like, anything to try and, like, get his way out of something, and he just wants, basically, for himself and nothing else. It then kind of showed the the dire situation that they were in because obviously like yeah it's great that they've made it there but realistically there's still a, a very very large amount of nigh unkillable machines storming down your door mm-hmm. punching a, a, a blast door that should not be punched open open <laughs> and then it was just that whole like what happened and then just the, this the, for me the X-wing yeah. from past. Uh, I was just, I was like, couldn't agree more. That was, that was. A and then the fact that, th- that they were like, oh, one X-wing, great. And I was like, what? <laughs> Do you know who's? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, right, Markin's on an X-wing. I don't think it can be, it can be like this X-wing. It's not like. Timeline-wise, where are we? Who can it be? Like, I mean, like that's what got me you, the timeline because you're trying to pick I, out exactly where you are. It's, if you've ever seen the meme, right, where it's like Zach Galifianakis with all the numbers flying, that was me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Gary, what, what did you think of this episode? It's it was it was perfect. Honestly, it was so great. There was. It was tough for me because you go between swings of emotion from like, oh no, it's so tragic and sad, baby Yoda's going away, but it's Luke freaking Skywalker, and you just and there's a lot of gratification in all of it. What gets me though is the scene that's compared a lot to Rogue One and Vader's scene, yeah. where you see Luke at his best, just kicking ass, destroying these robots like that. Oh my gosh, that soothes my soul. What about you, just so easy as well. Like, it's incredible. Oh, yeah, it was definitely satisfying seeing Luke just, like, crush the, the droid and as for the last one. I I loved it. I keep on saying that. I, I really, really enjoy this episode, or this season. Uh, I liked the fight scene between Din Djarin and, uh, oh, what is his name? Um, what is Moff Gideon? Yeah, Moff Gideon. That I was waiting for that. I love that he's got the dark saber now, and the I think the season did a really good job of you know ending on this really like high emotion with you know them him revealing like his helmet to Grogu and and this like father son moment as he's like letting him go with Luke to get trained. Uh, but it's also like sad at the same time because you're like you know what happens with Luke and and so it was like there's like. When I when I first saw the X wing and saw his hand, I freaked out. But then at the end of the episode, I was like kind of crying because I was like, "What happens to Grogu?" <laughs> the the cool thing is as well is like when he's like 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 go go with Luke, like come on, like go on you go. And like I was like, Ugh. and then R two comes out, and I'm like, now I don't feel so bad because it's almost like it builds that like him just coming out builds that sense of family, like because like. Like who doesn't love R two D two? Do you know what I mean? Like, and <laughs> like, there's has there ever been an instance that R two D two being a dick? No, right? C three PO, well, like him and Grogu wouldn't go on, right? I could, or like or could maybe wouldn't go on, right? Because like you'd be like, oh dear, 
what is this child? Right? But then R2 is <laughs> just like, and then that would be like, oh. So I think that was really, really good. And then I don't know. So this is the question I'm going to actually pose to, to Gary and Justice just used to, right? So Moff Gideon pulls out like the blaster and shoots. And I don't know if he hits Bo Katan. He hits someone. I can't, I'm trying to think who he hits. But then you see nothing else of it. So, I think it must have just deflected, did it not? Off the best. Because I, I think was, it was Bo Katan. It's Bo Katan, but uh, she's fine. She's wearing Beskar, so I don't think there's anything. I don't. I think the the scene was more focusing on Luke mm. and Gro and and Dinjar and, and Grogu. It's only because I was kind of like, because like you know, usually when you have like a, a like a hero, like usually like that person's <laughs> like injured of some sort, and I was kind of like, are you injured? Are you not? Because there was the whole like it was really cool, but the whole like like I can't take the dark saber from you because. Like I need to win it in the battle. I like that. That brought up like, a bit of a darker element to the whole series, which yeah, I think they it, were aiming for when they, they brought in more like sort of Clone Wars sort of storyline. And I think that's cool, but then like that's why I was kinda like, oh, maybe like she's injured and she's gonna be like, Nah, fuck the Dark Saber. But if not, then great. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't see uh Dave Filoni letting one of his characters not you know have a huge part in the future plans, especially now that there's, you know, Grogu is going off of Luke and J Din has, you know, his, he's completed his mission, but he also is opened up to this whole new thing with the Darksaber and what is he going to do with that? And so uh, there, there's no way that she's, she's, she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so that rounds out the series. Did you get, if you had to pick one or the other, series one or two, Bundy? Series two, just like, if you could tell me, Series one and two up to episode seven or episode eight, I'll pick episode eight. Okay. Justice. Uh season two. Gary. I think season one is better. Season two has mainly the hype because of all the cameos, you know. Of which I loved every bit of it, but I think story wise season one is better. I think I'm probably with Gary on this, but hype's hard to ignore, so I'm, I'm hype's I'm hard to ignore. Of, yeah. I so, knew that that justice was my favorite. You and Gary. So around the same time, we got a, a plethora of announcements from Disney about future Star Wars projects. To name a few, we've got Star Wars: The Bad Batch, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, Andor, Obi Wan Kenobi, The Acolyte, Rogue Squadron. It's it's going to explode. And some of those have uh, dates associated with them. Some of them are 2021 on Disney+, Plus. some of them are TBA. Is there, if you had to pick one that you're most excited about each, which would it be? Can I pick three? Sure. <laughs> you, Justice and Gary, you guys can pick three because you, are, you have much more knowledge in the field than us. So the three that I'm really excited for is obviously Obi-Wan because that's something um, as a prequel lover we've been looking for, you know, since we were little. Um, and Hayden Christensen's coming back. Visions because uh, Star Wars and anime is a perfect combination and I'm really excited. To, and I, I'm a huge anime fan, so I'm really excited to see, you know, what, what they do with a series. And then the last one is the Acolyte because I love villains and this seems like it's going to be some old Republic or and High Republic stuff. So that's one I'm very very excited for literally the exact same for me too 
like the acolyte is going to bridge in a lot of the higher public stuff, which is in the books and trying to do like a whole branch away from the Skywalker saga, which sounds really dope. Um, obviously, Obi-Wan is going to be amazing. Eel McGregor coming back. We get that Vader versus Obi-Wan fight, possibly kind of that we always wanted that we didn't really get in episode four because it was in the 70s. And Visions, I think, is going to be the sleeper pick that people aren't going to like jump on right away but it's going to blow their minds like anime style is perfectly fitted for star Wars. Cause you're not really held back by any laws of physics or imagination. Nope. You can do whatever the hell you want and make it as epic as you want. And it'll work real well. Monday. Um, so visions was, was one of the ones I, I was going to pick that I didn't think anyone else would pick, but I'm glad both of you have picked it because <laughs> like you were saying, if you could have merged some like Attack on Titan or Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, anything like that, and, and then put stuff, just bring Star Wars on there, I'd be like, oh my god, yes. And it's similar because, like, you know how obviously, like, the whole first season of like, like the animated series of the Clone Wars was like terrible on Rotten Tomatoes, and as the end season, it was like ninety eight percent. It's literally because they went down more more of an anime route in my eyes. That's, that's what I see it as. So I think that's going to be a really good one. Um, I think you have to say Obi Wan Kenobi. Come on! Oh, a hundred percent. And <laughs> I don't know, like, like how, like, where are we going with it? Are are we going to see the Darth Maul Obi Wan desert fight? Like, will that happen? Like, is it going to be like because Obi Wan, like, that timeline could introduce so many characters. And I think it would be a really good crossover for for numerous different series as well. So I feel like it will be like one that ties a lot of them in. Yeah, there there's theories that they're going to pull from Jason Aaron's comics, and there's mm -hmm. also theories that they're going to um, there. You could have a fight with you know Vader or an Obi Wan, but I, I have a feeling that uh, there's going to be a lot of what did Obi Wan do on Tatooine. And and if you haven't, if you are wondering that question, those comics and Jason Aaron's run are really really cool. So I, I have a feeling that Deborah Chow is going to pull a lot of information from that. Mm -hmm. I think I need to. So I, I don't know if this is my last pick, but they said that Taika Waititi is going to be directing a film for Star Wars. That's like they've said nothing else. Like just said he's the director. Like. And we already know from like the last episode in season one, which was a banger, that he can he can do well. So it's kind of like, and I and I this is unrealistic, right? and I know it's unrealistic, but I just want him to make a Darth Vader movie, right? Just give me it. <laughs> like, I want I want him to, to to do the scene where he's like, I'm surrounded by nothing but dead men, and be like, and I was, ah. imagine how amazing that would be. But if we're going by what's been going so far i would probably say maybe rangers of the new new republic actually um i feel like that could be really good because obviously like the whole like commandos of the new republic rangers of the new republic like will it be similar cara dune like will she play a part in it like i feel like that could be good i feel like that could be quite yeah. like a a more down to earth star wars series yeah similar to, to the mandalorian i don't I think that if they if even if they manage to get into a fight with Jedi's, I think it would be like them that would be the focus and not like the Jedi slaughtering everyone. So I think that could I, be good. 
I think if you're going to like, cause so there's Ahsoka, there's Rangers mm-hmm. of the lost Republic or Ra- Rangers of the new Republic. And then there's um, the Mandalorian season three. So I think Ahsoka is going to be heavily Jedi focused. Rangers mm-hmm. is going to be down to earth. Like you're talking about. And then mm-hmm. the Mando's going to break the gap between the two. Yeah. And I just think that like, it would be cool because like, there's a lot of like, like you mentioned earlier on, like the, the Knights of the old Republic, there's a lot of like the cut scenes in there where like, there's Jedi's fighting, but there's also like the troopers fighting as well. And the troopers are badass. Like, if you give me an animated series of that, I'm watching it. But the fact that they're going to, be, I don't know if it's going to be animated or live action, but like, that'd be cool. And just, just to see those, like, imagine they brought in characters like Rex and all like that. That would be sick. I, th- I think. Well, Good thing you're getting Bad Batch. That, well, <laughs> I was going to say, Bad Batch for me has to be on the radar. Plus, it's partly because it's one of the ones coming out sooner. I think the standard one across us all is Obi-Wan Kenobi-Wan. Mm. And bearing in mind the abuse that Hayden Christensen got for the original trilogy, and to a certain extent that Ewan McGregor got, they've got to have been thinking that whole time, if I was to do that again, here's what I would change. They've got to be doing that, and surely they've got to sand down their off edges. I've got I, high I, I hopes know, for it. I know what they should change, right? The first episode... They'll check. They'll be like, nothing. This is it. We're staying true because both of them are fucking G's yeah. to the highest order. We still <laughs> quote Obi Wan Kenobi lines <laughs> to this day. It's just Obi Wan Kenobi memes sent on a weekly basis. Usually, it's there's there's a lot of it I wouldn't change to be fair. Um, so, and people people are like, oh, like the whole like I don't like sand, it's coarse, rough, and it get blah blah. Or like the, like him and Padme lying and like Padme's like, oh, like happy, and he's like, fuck this. But like, <laughs> t- technically, if we're looking at it in like that way, prequel memes has actually done a lot for like the prequels because prequel memes is almost like it started off as like slating it, and now it's to a point where it's kind of like. We we love the prequels because of these, yeah. And I'm I mean, a big fan at, of the prequels. Oh, I'm a big fan of the memes as well. But <laughs> if we're looking at memes, the best ones have came from the prequels. So it's the whole Star Wars universe is looking incredible over the next four years. Also, before just before you go, I know this is where we're going right, but I would also please to the Star Wars gods, if you're listening, if you're going to be doing the Obi Wan series, please somehow. Somewhere incorporate the the man that's above us all, Qui Gon Jinn. Please, thank you. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. That is He's talked about how he wants to come back, so that'd be cool. Like, exactly. Imagine, imagine, like, even if it's just ah, oh, well, that, that's going to be the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to you need to read the Master and Apprentice book by Claudia Gray. Oh, how? Oh, right. Okay, we'll be getting a look at that. I believe Bundy is on Google right now. It's a. a it's a it's a prequel to episode one, but it's heavily Qui Gon influenced and, and it's, it's really like, good. It's like them together while Qui Gon's training Obi Wan and kind of their adventures together. It's really really great. Um, so like that one's really high on the list. The Kenobi book too. If you're looking for more about um, what Kenobi was doing in Tatooine, it's okay. It's not it's not one of my favorite Star Wars books, but it talks a lot about him trying to discover what it means and how to become a Force ghost. I like it. I like it. So ju- just just for just for proof, this is going to yep that one. Yes, yep. that one's yep. great. Okay. And uh and uh, there's a good audiobook um called Judo or uh, 
Dooku Jedi Lost, and it's by Kevin Scott, and they always go hand in hand, and they are it, that is like if you are a Qui Gon lover, that is those are the two things you need to read. I like it, I like it. So there you go, people out there, that's what to look for. Now, how we finished the last episode with you guys was a test of knowledge. Once uh, again, fuck me. We are going to put the Pod Wars guys <laughs> up against their very own knowledge bank, Mr. Bundy. Well, we proved last time that I'm not the knowledge bank. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to say that um, that was a, a bad day for you, and we're going to so, balance that out here. So here's no, the because th- the thing is, right? We we literally do have Obi Wan and Justice and Qui Gon and Gary, and then there's me as Darth Maul. I was going to say Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks is probably <laughs> that's true. Okay, um, so I. What remember that just... I got the what is the Jabba the Hutt species wrong because I said slug. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't worry, we haven't forgot that. So the way it's going to work this time is in turns we're going to go ask you a question each. We're going to do that three times, and I've got a tiebreaker at the end. Now, okay. I'm, I've, I've got questions listed, and to prove there's no cheating, I would like you guys to number yourselves, so one to three between the three of you. I'll let, I'll let uh, Justice and Gary Justice pick go first. to Gary, which number do you want? I'll be three. Okay, oh, so we're going to go Bundy, Justice, Gary. Yeah. Bundy, <laughs> your first question. When does the Mandalorian take place, so... Five years block, so relative to a different series or a different movie. It's after A New Hope, which would be... Because obviously the Emperor's been defeated. (laughs) It's after A New Hope. Take a guess here. Which would be after Return of the Jedi... I'm going to... We're saying five years. I'm going to say five years after... The Return of the Jedi. Correct. Because... Correct. <laughs> oh, I've literally... This fell from Celtics, I'm sorry. Okay, right. Oh, this is an easy one, but number two. The question I don't feel is fair, but... Wait, who's... Number two is you, Justice. And the question is, what is the Mandalorian's name? But I feel like... <laughs> We need, to, we need to ramp it up a bit. So, Justice, spell the Mandalorian's name for me. Uh, D-I-N space and I don't know. Okay, I'll give that a zero. Uh, Gary, your question is, what is the Mandalorian's armour made of? Oh, it's... Um, <laughs> it's made of Beskar. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> so we've got one zero one second round Bundy in the first episode of the Mandalorian, Mando's mithril bounty mentions trying to get home for which holiday. I'm going to give you five seconds to answer. Christmas. Wrong. Life day. Fuck. Justice. What is the name of the Mandalorian ship? Razorcrest. Yep. I go, I that question. He go, what's the name of the ship? Gary go, what's the, what was it made? You of? have one easy question each. Bear that in mind. Okay. Gary, 
What creature does Mando learn to ride on Arvala 7? Oh. What creature does he ride on? On where? Arvala 7. Uh, it's not a mythosaur, but I'm going to say mythosaur? No, it's a blurg. A bl- oh, yeah, the little semen-looking things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to make sure we have... You know what? I feel like I need to give... Oh no, you got, you got the easy one, Razor Chris. Sorry. I was just checking the questions were all similar. But so at the minute, the scores are one each, one for everyone. So this is the final round here. Bundy, what did fans name the child? Baby Yoda. Yes. So there's your one easy question each. Okay. Justice. What bounty hunter does the Mandalorian team up with to capture the child? When? I mean, there's Boba Fett, there's the Ferric. First one. There's. Oh, no. Uh, Sorry. There's. Uh, and then there's there's Cab Vanth. There's, there's a droid there's name. There's a lot of. There's a droid name. That's the clue I can give you. What droid bounty hunter? Oh, IG 88. Oh, so close. IG-11. IG-11. <laughs> IG-11. Fuck. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll give you IG-11 because you said that as I was saying it. So I, we'll go with that to each. So you stay in the running here, Gary. Mm-hmm. What does the Mando trade with the Jawas who stripped his ship? Um, A big-ass egg. Correct. <laughs> oh, sh- okay. Final question here. First one to answer once. So Bundy. No pressure here. Name the character who has the catchphrase I have spoken. Quill. Just this one. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Congratulations, <laughs> Justice. And yes, unsurprisingly, we've proven that the Podmore's podcast is more knowledgeable than us. <laughs> oh, well done, guys. Well done, guys. And Thanks again so much for having uh, for uh, joining us for an episode this week. We really appreciate it. We've been wanting to get an episode with you since the Mandalorian season two came out. Yeah, Justice and Gary are Obi Wan, and I fought them the first time and lost. I fought them the second time and I lost again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. We might have a third time in future, and and we'll get redemption. You never know, Bundy. Oh, you for sure. Know. I'll be training yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us on awesome thank you for joining us guys Uh, as always all links will be down below so you can definitely check out these guys if you want to listen to a Star Wars podcast where people speak about it who actually know what they're talking about this is the exact place you should go I promise you'll get a good laugh and you'll learn stuff at the same time also some of the best guests you'll ever see on any podcast not just Star Wars related but I don't know how you guys do it you must have like (laughs) unlimited money or unlimited contacts underground but wild so definitely worth listening speaking of which (laughs) not justice's comment but the guest we got a it's not a power wars episode unless we plug our own crap but we're having a guest on our way here um one of the stuntmen from the mandalorian one of the guys who got his ass kicked by boba fett and that's seen uh coming up soon so prepare for that he was also the motion he was he wore the motion cap when Luke crushed him. He was the last uh, last droid. So, oh, um, awesome, awesome. 
awesome. Well, for what it's worth, what Justice said is going to be used for the end clip, I believe. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to go check out the Podwash podcast on Spotify, iTunes. You can catch them on Twitter as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Don't know how you guys do it. You must have like <laughs> unlimited money or unlimited contacts underground. Oh, wild! So definitely oh, worth listening. These guys get top tier guests on. Definitely. A lot of dick sucking. <laughs> <laughs>